0: Sox fans, here are the Bastards of Boston Baseball.
1: Welcome everyone. The Bastards are back for this Friday edition of the podcast. We are brought to you in part by the Minute Media Podcast Network. The Red Sox just wrapped up a four-game set with the Tampa Bay Rays losing all four games, they are currently tied for third place in the American League East with the Toronto Blue Jays, who recently fired their manager, by the way. And they are currently also tied with the Toronto Blue Jays for the third and final wildcard spot. And uh, if you want to know how scary this is getting, The lowly Baltimore Orioles are a game and a half behind Boston and Toronto for that third wildcard spot. So getting dicey. Quick disclaimer, as always, for any first-time listeners, this is not a Homer podcast. We call it how we see it. When the Red Sox are dominating, we will celebrate that. When they are getting destroyed, we will be critical and at times, savagely blunt. If you are easily offended, press the stop button immediately, but for those who embrace it, let's get rolling. I am Terry Cushman coming to you from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina by way of Wyndham, Maine. You can find me on Twitter at CushmanMLB. You can find the podcast account at Bastards Boston. Joining us tonight from the mile High city of Denver by way of Quincy, Massachusetts, Andrew Dwan, Andrew. What's going on? Ah uh, well, whole lot of sucking, <laughs> basically. Yeah.
0: Tough stretch, injuries, sloppiness. it's It's just been a kind of all swarming together at the worst possible time.
1: Yeah, I mean this this two week stretch in early July, as we've been harping on, supposed to be kind of the test for the second half to see if if we had cleaned up the first half. And uh, yeah, they need
0: that All Star break bad. I don't think there's anyone in the league that needs it worse than them right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, you got Devers with back issues and Story probably coming back before then, but. GD with back spasms. Yep, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Also joining us tonight, filling in for Job Goddard from the city of Providence, Rhode Island, Charlie Smith. Charlie, hey guys.
2: Uh, yeah, happy to join you on a uh, on an off night for me. But uh, yeah, you know, similar to what Andrew just said, uh, echoing that, nobody needs this more than us. So this is going to be uh, this is going to be pretty exciting once the all star break hits.
1: Hopefully I haven't looked at the schedule, but I know it doesn't get too much easier. I know we got Cleveland coming up and they're playing a little bit better. But uh, yeah, so four game sweep on the last show, I actually predicted a sweep, but I thought it was a three gamer. I thought it was a three-game set, so we botched the entire final segment of that show. Uh, Ended up being four and uh, lost the fourth. I did have a better feeling about tonight's game, though, uh, but ultimately it didn't uh, didn't pan out. So because it was a losing series, we will start on the duds side of the segment. Charlie, you're dud for the series. You know, it's, it's been kind of like a recurring
2: story for me. Uh, no story, pun intended. Um, there's been one player that's just kind of been unfortunately struggling for uh, an extended, prolonged period of time. There was one that obviously didn't even leave the batter's box, and that was just too easy to say for a dud. But for me, it was someone that had an opportunity to do some work each night and struggled uh, three of those nights. Um, granted, one was in... Uh, a pinch hit at bat. I I went with Bobby Dahlbeck here Uh, in the series, just one for nine, one single five strikeouts. Wasn't the team high uh, just to let you know how bad this team was really doing. But this is someone who consistently series after series, excuse me, is striking out once a night minimum. We're struggling to, to get batters over Um, fielding. Isn't so much of an issue uh, as it is for other players. But uh, I just feel like every single time that Bobby Dahlbeck is at the dish, it's either going to be a ground out or a strikeout and the strikeouts are pretty ugly.
1: Andrew thoughts on Dahlbeck.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's needed a trip to Worcester more than anyone right now. Unfortunately, they just don't have the bodies with Tristan Cassis, who I maintain has been arguably the worst injury. The Red Sox have had all year Um, without in answer, uh, you got to just keep rolling him out, and it's unfortunate. So the only probably way to get his head on straight again is to send him down to AAA, let him, you know, maybe take a week off, then start raking against lower-level competition. But until then, he's probably just too far in his own head right now for anything positive to come out of it just, you know, by osmosis.
1: First base. Has been the black hole of the season, offensively. Uh, Franchi's been good uh, in spots, but has kind of had a rough three weeks. He had a golden sombrero in the first game of the series. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with that, a golden sombrero is if you strike out four times, It's almost impressive in a way that you could strike out that many times in one game. But Franchi did it following night, three strikeouts. He had a sack. Uh, well, he, he had a safety squeeze, bunt, which brought the runner in from uh third. So he got an RBI on that. Not a bad at bat there. So you're, you're just basically picking your poison between him and Dahlbeck and Dahlbeck just looks like a guy that's, He's probably not going to find it. Charlie's going to hate this analogy, but I think Bobby Dahlbeck is well on his way down Michael Chavis Avenue. <laughs> and he he's going to be playing for another team. Could he have another hot streak if the Red Sox happen to keep him for another season or two? Probably. But I don't know if I even like him as a platoon player. He's had his defensive struggles here and there including at third base and i just i don't see a ton of value in bobby dahlbeck at this point any more thoughts on first base
0: not without getting too far into probably what stuff we want to talk about later so yeah i think we kind of covered them pretty well
1: yeah, Andrew's uh talking about deep dive, so there'll be some trade talk uh or yeah, trade talk in that episode. Um and if we have a little bit of time, we might uh talk about some draft uh prospects as well. So uh let's see. Andrew, go ahead. You're dud for the series. Mine was a collective a collective dud,
0: and that was the defense. It let them down just over and over again with just mental breakdowns. I mean, people are mad about Franchi's lob into home, but I don't know what Vasquez was expecting there. Uh, I don't know how he didn't catch it. Then Ref Snyder, who's been pretty damn consistent and good, had that – I don't even know what that was. Just fell asleep. <laughs> yeah, I don't – just stop paying attention. I, It's come back to bite them in the ass pretty hard every single time that they've made a mental error like that. And they can't really afford it right now because this series, they didn't get hit too hard. They got babbipped to death. I mean, you saw what they did with Yanni Diaz. He hit that ball 15 feet. It just bounced on the turf, you know, 80 feet in the air. And when things are going that way, you can't afford to give up extra outs. And they did. And right now, I mean, Corey said it too. They're not good enough to play like that. And they were really good to start the season at Trevor Story has been one of the best defensive players in the league. He's 99th percentile. Um, he saved an ungodly amount of runs. Xander's Zander, looked better um, at short this year. Uh, not too sure why, but he definitely has. Devers, you know, he's had his ups and downs, mostly ups this year. Outfield is what it is uh, without TK. You know, some guys are opposition. But, yeah, when they make those mental errors, they just compound. And then, you know, that – base runner on second comes in to score on a bounding ball that just finds a hole just routinely
1: now. Charlie. So
2: game two was that that little play where it looks like it, I mean, quick glance, it looked like it smacked. uh, I think it was Strom, like back left, like upper, like buttock area, like right under the buttock and then threw it to first. And then the ball comes sailing past um the catcher it's just it's the perfect way to just say how bad the Red Sox are just kind of playing right now like we had a 14 game series and I think I said five is the ceiling four is probable we're three and eight right now so if we win one of the next three that'll be a blessing because right now Andrew already said it the injuries are really hurting we have no choice but to rely on triple a and double a for for players because everyone's hurting slash getting COVID, which just happened today. Um, It's, it's really unfortunate, but that first base has been a glaring hole. We, we just haven't been able to lock it down. It's really unfortunate. I don't want to place the blame solely on first base, but it's been, it's been bad. And uh, I really think we need, you know, Andrew already mentioned it. We need the all-star break more than any other team in the American league.
1: The Play with Strom getting hit um, was was terrible. Franchi couldn't uh, come up with the throw. And then the throw to Vasquez, Andrew was referring to. It just looked like Vasquez wasn't paying attention. It's the
0: only way to describe it. He's a catcher. He's used to blocking balls thrown 60 miles an hour faster than that, you know?
1: Yeah. No, I'm I'm not making excuses. I'm just it just seemed like there was a little bit of a lack of no excuse. Awareness, yeah. Yeah. And and part of that has to be on Strom too, because why throw it in that situation? You got traffic on the bases. I'll
0: defend him. I think he was in shock. I think he because that hit him in the
1: wrist. It it did, yeah.
0: No, I think he was probably like, you know, he probably
1: wasn't even thinking at that point. I, I thought I he hit him in the buttock. After. Well, no, it, like, no, it, it, sort of, it was a weird it, angle. It, it might have after, but his his wrist took okay. the brunt of it. Yeah. Um, but it, it was just a terrible play, and it 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 ruined sale start. We're going to talk about him shortly, but um, it just it, and then tonight in... In the final game, I mean, that got away from us. Like, the game just sped up all of a sudden. And it was an ugly series. It was an ugly series. Three of those losses were somewhat competitive. You had the Bayo start in game one. That was kind of out of hand pretty early. But we were within check and just failed to come up with it. And, yeah, and another thing on Franchi, too... He's just, he's not a good first baseman. Like he's not, perhaps he's not the worst first baseman, but he's not going to be a playmaker over there. He's not going to, he's not going to save Devers on a bad throw or, or Bogarts or from the mound. It's just, he's, he's, is a liability at that position. And it's just crazy to me that it's been glaring this whole season and, and Bloom hasn't, Hasn't tried to uh, get in front of it at all. So, uh, well, we'll get into that in the next show. Uh, You can tell we're frazzled because I'm like, I'm definitely all over the road here. But uh, my dud for the series, I'm going with Jake Diekman. That guy just it's been a bit of a roller coaster before the last couple of weeks. He's been up and down. He's had some good appearances here and there, um, you know, few shut down innings and high leverage, but hasn't been great as of late in uh, game one of the series. He came in uh, in the bottom of the six hits a pitcher, uh, hits a batter, excuse me, right away. Taylor Walls takes his base at first, and then uh, a couple at-bats later, Yandi Diaz hits a double, and uh, Walls ends up scoring from first. And then in Game 3 last night, uh, another rough outing. I mean, he comes in. He does get a strikeout right away, Taylor Walls. Then he walks Josh Lau, and then uh, Yandi Diaz again bites him. And... It hits a ball out to right, and uh, I think that was actually the restnightder play actually. So you know, perhaps the run isn't completely on uh, Diekman, but just not a guy that's pitching well and he was signed to a two- year eight million dollar contract, something like that. I think the Red Sox thought despite his previous high walk rate, I think they identified something that they could fix uh, with him and, and make him an even better uh, reliever than he had been in the past couple of years, but that's failed. That's failed, and it's frustrating to, to see him struggle in high leverage. Well, Diekman's
2: had three straight kind of appearances where it just hasn't looked great unfortunately i mean the the two appearances with tampa bay and then one with new york he's gone two and a third and he's allowed five runs for earned it's just uh the experiment i don't know if i want to say that it's failed yet because he had a pretty good month of june month of may he had one blip on the whole radar so i want to believe that you know maybe it's it's too much pitching you know like in the month of in the month of June, he would go five days in between starts, two days, then three, then five, um, and very rarely pitch back-to-back nights. That's three games in four days. That might just be too much for him, and they just need to give him a break. Again, going back to you know, one of the prior points that we were talking about where this team really just needs a break, and all-star break cannot come soon enough.
1: Andrew?
0: Sorry, my computer was trying to update right there. It always picks the best times.
1: Um, yeah,
0: Deakman's been up and down. The money isn't bad. I mean, it's like $3 million this year, five next, which is, you know, middle reliever. But I, I think he's still a guy that the Red Sox could probably move at the deadline, honestly. And I'll probably get into someone shortly here that could take his spot pretty easily. Uh, I think a team would... Look at Diekman, look at the pure stuff, because it is really good. I mean, it is very good stuff. And I guarantee if he went to Tampa, he'd probably be like the next Eric Gandhi, because that's just how it works. But he's been rough lately. His control has just been subpar. I think it's just one of those guys, as long as he's on your team, you just got to take the ups with the downs, and it's really unfortunate. And he should probably only be facing you know lineups where he's going to get two lefties out of the three at this point.
1: Yeah, it just seems like I think the Red Sox had higher hopes for him and thought he was going to be perhaps uh, you know, a premier 7th or 8th inning guy and I didn't even hate the signing. I mean, the the walk rate has always been a problem with him, but I didn't hate it at the time, so it's just it's just been that you know, much more disappointing. I'm trying to see where it I'm not on uh baseball reference, but I was just trying to see where he was with his whip oh here he is <laughs> is that a one fifty three whip yeah, so he's he's letting guys on quite a bit i mean that's that's up there his three sixty six e r a you know is lower than I thought, but he's a guy that you definitely don't want him coming in with runners on. And I think Cora was doing that a, a little bit. Uh, and he's got, yeah, he's allowed four more runs than he has earned runs. So I'm just, well, we'll get into it next show. I guess when we talk about the, uh, trade deadline stuff, uh, I didn't tally up my, uh, box scores but uh let's see dishonorables uh dishonorable mentions jackie bradley was 0 for 8 in the series and dahlbeck came in in the fourth game to pinch hit for bradley so you're you're picking your poison and it was a lefty on the mound jalen beaks so so it was you know more logical i guess to have dahlbeck in there didn't go well uh christian vasquez was pretty quiet uh one for 13 this series he's been used up uh, in the two hole and uh, in, in recent games I, I don't think that's been working well seems like whenever anybody goes up there it just doesn't work Trevor Story tried it with him on and off doesn't work uh, so that that's about it as far as uh, position players and then uh, as far as pitching goes I mean, we've covered Strom. He didn't look pretty well. I thought uh, Phillips Valdez might be DFA'd. I thought that would be the move when Sale came up, but it ended up being, uh, I think, someone went on the injured list or whatever to make room for him. Uh, But, yeah, any any thoughts on any of the dishonorables?
0: No, I mean, everyone kind of earned it.
1: Yeah, I mean,
2: it's it's kind of hard to not, you know, if you get swept four games to none. So,
1: no. All right. Uh, we will still do the stud side uh, despite uh, no wins in the four games. So, uh, let's get, say, uh, Charlie, go ahead. Who is your stud for the series? Yeah, my stud, this was, you know, Not very hard, but I have
2: some major bias issues. And uh, that's going to be Chris Sale, who struck out uh, five guys in five innings, allowed just three hits and one walk, had 68% of his pitches go for strikes. First game of the year after a very brutal minor league final appearance. Uh, If you don't believe me, just ask the TV Um, in the hallway. Uh, It was just... um, It was wild and so exciting to get him to come back because this was a great opportunity. You know, we lost game one. Chris sale gives you five great innings. This is a great start for him. And, uh, unfortunately we weren't able to win that game, but man, oh man, super, super exciting to see him come back to, to the rotation because we're (laughs) it feels like we're bleeding out and uh, we can't, we can't stop it. But, uh, yeah, sale, fantastic performance.
0: And the velocity was where it needed to be. It was hit 97 at one point, which, you know, he didn't touch at all last year. And the slider seemed absolutely on point. Once he builds up a little bit more, I mean, you're looking at, he's not a one anymore. I mean, you don't put him in the Garrickle, you know, Jake DeGrom and, you know, Max Scherzer group but he's a tier down from that and that's what this team needs especially when they all get healthy if you have a healthy sale you have a healthy Evaldi you know you're looking at a very promising one T punch there and that's what you need as you go on in the season if you make it in the playoffs you know especially with this way the new format you you need to win two games and I'd take those two against pretty much anyone else in the league
1: well, I mean, I I wouldn't go that far. <laughs>
0: in terms of a one-two? I mean, who else in the AL is going to throw that, that? I mean, we're not going to face the Yankees. You're not going to face who's next, Houston.
1: Not in the first round, no. Yeah,
0: so, I mean, based off the teams that they're facing.
1: Yeah, I guess. I mean, if the White Sox don't get back in it, I guess you wouldn't have, like, a Giolito... I
0: mean, his Uh, ERA
1: is, what, like around six this year. Oh, is it? Oh, is he that bad lately? Oh, Oh, my bad. Okay. I kind of stopped following uh, them a little while ago, but. So did their fans. I think so, yeah. (laughs) I I think the, uh, you know, fire the manager season is, uh, you know, still burning strong and, you know, LaRusso still has his job. But uh, as for Sale's performance, I was pleasantly surprised. I figured I didn't think he was going to be quite as bad as he was in his last uh, rehab start in Worcester where he gave up five walks over three innings. His pitch count was 73 uh, in that last rehab start. So I figured he would just kind of grind away and labor at times with this Tampa lineup. And it really didn't happen. He only uh, allowed, what, three hits, one walk, struck out five. Hopefully, you know, if we're getting back to... I think vintage Chris Sale isn't going to happen for sure. Like, even the best case uh, wouldn't happen. But whatever this newer version is, I mean, the, the strikeouts will hopefully tick up. Now, am I like am I like oh you know here we go this is the start of a good run for sale I'm not I'm not ready to to go there after one game Uh, once he starts seeing some of these divisional guys you know for the second time and he's still you know pitching efficiently hopefully you know into the sixth inning maybe the seventh we don't have to really worry about his pitch count because we only got half a season left but I want to see a little bit more uh, from him for sure, and the dur- the durability thing still, you know, kind of worries me as well. I mean, how do you? I've never heard of a pitcher getting a a fractured rib from pitching. Like, have you guys ever heard of that in the history of pitching?
2: <laughs> no, but we we've, we've seen weirder injuries too. I mean, you have people that have sneezed and cracked ribs. Wasn't there like a Detroit Tiger, a, a you catcher supposed to do it? Oh, did he? Uh, there was someone so. a couple of years ago. I can't remember like who it was, but there was. I think it was someone on Detroit's team. They they sneezed and broke a rib or cracked a rib sneezing, which blows my mind. I didn't think
0: it'd be possible, but
1: twenty twenty two. Feel like Chris Sale got a free pass with his. Well, uh,
0: I wonder his... what happened because you. What happened? He like heard it, and then he threw that live BP against what Florida. Gulf coast or whatever it was. And it was live streamed. It was during the lockout. And I think it was Matt Barnes. He live streamed it and sale kind of dipped out of there pretty quickly. And that's like when it really took off. And obviously he has no contact with the team at that point. So yeah, it, it was a little weird how it went down. It sounds like I bet it really could have been avoidable if, you know, I'm sure it was a strain that turned into a break.
1: Well, I'm not sure. Carlos Correa is a you know position player, so that's not quite a fair comparison. But he had a, a, his masseuse broke his rib, and it just looked a little weird, and and uh, he got roasted for it. And Sale, uh, I like I said, I think got a free pass. It, it, we'll never know for sure, but. It's just like, if that's the type of injury he's capable of, what's the next thing? You know, is he going to, is there going to be a weird knee problem cropping up or something with a shoulder, perhaps? I just, we got, I think, two more years of him, but we'll see. I'm looking forward to his next start. And I hope I'm just, I continue to be surprised and we're getting engulfed right now by teams we thought we were out of the playoffs you know the Baltimore right on our heels the Mariners have won 10 games in a row and have leapfrogged us um, in in the wild card standings. so this second half is going to be wild but if the Red Sox are going to get serious and start beating some of these divisional guys Chris Sale has to be a big part of it uh, Andrew go ahead you're uh stud for the series.
0: So slim pickings, but I went with Darwins and Hernandez, a, a guy that no one would have seen, you know, coming in to pitch today. I mean, no one even knew he was coming up. No one even knew when he was rehabbing and he just randomly showed up in Worcester. Um, he came back today. His velocity looked good, hit 95, averaged 94. They didn't make barely any contact against him. He had seemingly the best control of any game i've ever probably seen him pitch um if something has been figured out with him that's huge i think we we're all pretty big on him going into last year you know i think everyone wanted him to take that closer spot um and he just was wild as all hell and it led to you know matt barnes taking it um if he can be 80 percent of what we once believed he thought he could be then there's your new lefty in the bullpen because Strom's probably going to be out for a minute. That, I mean, that hand was probably mangled. Um, Diekman, I don't think that's in the cards for him long term. So a bullpen that had a lot of lefties is now suddenly, you know, you know, back where normal, whatever the normal water line would be as far as carrying those guys. Hernandez has a spot if he pitches like this.
2: Yeah, I actually really like this pick because uh, similar to what Andrew was saying, uh, just to echo and, and kind of bounce off of that, we kind of forgot about Darwin's and Hernandez. He was kind of like, he went back to the island of misfit toys and, and broken toys. We just stopped talking about it. But in Boston, this is a team of infinite chances. You can, you can struggle, and it's not, to, not a knock on certain players at this point because this is just what we're doing because of limitations due to injury limitations just due to physical limitations. This is a, this is actually a player that I personally wanted, and I know a couple other people wanted to be the catcher for the Boston Red Sox moving forward. It just didn't happen. So I really am, am curious to see what happened. If he's been able to right the ship, eight out of his 12 pitches were strikes. He struck out two. It was a clean inning. I'm happy with it. If he can continue to do this, yeah, this is a great Great little replacement, and I'm happy.
1: I think I sang his praises the loudest the winter before last, and I very much expected him to be the closer of the future uh, once they committed to him uh, as a reliever. And it didn't work. Charlie and I went to a game, uh, you know, Against the Yankees last September, just a couple of weeks before the wild card game. And then the day after I went with another friend, Nick Pavetta started that game. That was like his get right game. And then he went on that run through the rest of September and then through October. And Pavetta pitched a good night and Darwin's end came in, I think, in the seventh or eighth. Hit a batter. Walked another two, and then Stanton crushed him for a grand slam. And uh, Red Sox lost that one. I, it's a small sample size, what we've seen with Darwin's in tonight and what he's done so far as far as rehab. But I'm not taking anything to the bank. I, I hope they have figured him out. I, I think I heard them say during the broadcast that the focus Darwin's in is to do more attacking now attack the zone and I hope I hope it works but it's he it's gonna take a little while before he wins my trust back so we'll see but I I would certainly take him over Deakman at this point if uh, you're wondering where each one of those guys are on my spectrum Uh, okay And uh, finally, my uh, stud for the series, I'm going with the game four starter, uh, Cutter Crawford. This is, I think, his third pretty solid start in a row. Uh, He went six full innings. They trotted him out for the seventh, which unfortunately um, didn't, didn't go so well. A couple guys got on and then... Schreiber came in and uh, had his wildest uh, appearance of the season, and uh, just you know kind of collapsed. But for, for six innings, Crawford was uh, was very effective. Didn't walk anybody. Struck out six. Um, gave up six hits. Pretty sharp. I don't know what his future is. I think we do have a spot in the rotation. Well, if I'm not well, it does. If if Rich Hill comes back, I think that could potentially put Crawford at a minimum in the bullpen. But where are you guys at with Crawford? Is he is he close to winning a a bona fide spot in the rotation, or is this just temporary? So, I think due to the nature of
2: where this team is right now, with the um, we don't know what's going on standard uh, in Boston. I'm not unhappy if if Cutter Crawford were to stay. Would I be shocked if he got sent down? I think it would depend on who stayed up or who ends up coming back from the IL. Uh, he had, I mean, arguably the better performance between he and Chris sale before he got tried out in the seventh inning um, and probably would have been my stud um, if it wasn't for, you know, what we witnessed. So, I'm okay with him staying up here if he can continue to do that. If you can face Tampa Bay and do that, I'm cool, man. I'm totally cool.
0: I'm not too sure he's a starter full term. I think he actually might be more valuable to the Red Sox to be able to go a couple days a week. Um, Between him and Winkowski... If they were battling for one spot, say the Rich Hill spot, that's tough, honestly. Um, I feel like they've both had their ups and downs. I think it's a very close call. Uh, actually, now that I'm like talking about this out loud, I, I think it's a coin flip between those two, and we'll see what happens with Winkowski. Hopefully this COVID stint doesn't take too much out of him. Um, I don't – actually, I yeah, I really – can't say for sure who I'd rather have um, take a, the number five spot if they were, you know, coming down
1: to it. I, I talked about it on the last show. The the one thing I like about Crawford is he's searching for it and he's finding it. He got thumped pretty good a couple of times, and he just seems undeterred by it. And he just seems to be focused on getting better. So I, I guess I'm more curious as to where the ceiling is on him. I mean, he's just that much of an unknown right now, and that back end of the rotation. I mean, it's just It's just pick one. You not necessarily pick your poison, but you're going to have to eventually commit to someone and. I think Rich Hill has possibly pitched his last game. Maybe they'll squeeze in one or two more, but I don't think he'll be on the roster uh, on August 3rd after the trade deadline. So we'll see. And Winkowski, by the way, didn't didn't look bad. I mean, he went six innings, uh, gave up four hits, three earned, walked two, struck out five. So, I mean, he's... He's given you, uh, you know, a a good chance to win every time out. I did see Red Sox stats on Twitter say that he's not getting a lot of swings and misses, so I I don't know where he should be, but he's he's pitched pretty well uh, in all of, you know, two appearances since he's been up. So I would take that, too. Any more thoughts on starting pitching?
0: I think we just got to let it all play out. I mean, who knows if they're even all healthy at the same time. It could be a moot conversation.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Sure. I don't remember. Oh, sorry. No, go
1: ahead, I didn't sorry. mean to
2: cut you up. Oh, um, so I don't remember the last time that we had a rotation where we lost four starters. I don't remember a time where we lost four. We lost Hill. We lost Evaldi. We lost Waka uh sale wasn't here packs and sells even played yet i mean we we've lost it's like the, the, whitlock the too. And, and, <laughs> and that thank you yeah we lost whitlock when he was technically a starter too so i i just i don't remember a time where we lost this many it, it's just they're falling too quickly it's wild it's insane
1: and now that you mention waka i guess he's throwing bullpens right now so um you know, dead arm typically is just a two or three week thing. You know, they need a bit of a reset and can work their way back. But um yeah, so he could he could factor in again as well. I he won't pitch though until obviously after the all star break. But yeah. All right. Uh let's get into this Red Sox Yankee series. We do have um you Know three of our better pitchers going as I uh clearly not prepared here. Uh, I got it now though. So we, yeah, Evolve so Eval- is going game yep. one and he is uh gonna face Jordan Montgomery. Uh, Charlie, who do you have in that one? You're on, I think you're on mute. I lost, there
2: yeah, go. no. I am on mute. Uh, it's, it's like a habit. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to get out of Ivaldi. I think Ivaldi's the better pitcher. Um, I, 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 I just don't know. Like it really depends on how he's feeling. I, I'm still going to stick with my gut here after losing four. We did decently well in the New York uh, series. Granted a couple of, of botched defensive plays from New York really helped us out. I, I think Evaldi will get enough push behind his team Hopefully we can we can do him some justice because it's it's been real sad that we can't even get that done. So I'd like to assume we're going to win game one. the win.
0: Yeah, I think Boston knows they need it. it sucks to traveling. Um, that said, the Yankees did go into extra innings tonight. They did lose, so you know they're a little. They might be a little tired as well. Uh, Luzaga he ended up coming back he pitched tonight um so he'll probably not be facing boston tomorrow and we didn't really use too many uh main guys in the bullpen outside of schreiber tonight so the guys should be rested i think that the red Sox can win
1: game one yeah so the yankees did lose two out of three to the lowly reds just barely got uh the win in game two uh, seven to six, so perhaps we're catching uh, the Yankees at the at the right time. And actually, if you go back to our series, they've lost four of their last five at this point. So, um, yeah, they they could be you know in a bit of a slump here as well. I think finally, I'm gonna pick the Red Sox in a game. I uh, I did not pick them to win any of the Tampa. Games. I don't remember what I picked for the last couple uh, New York games. I probably didn't have them winning uh, the last two, despite uh, that they did win. But Evaldi at times has been a Yankee killer. You know, Andrew makes a good point. Guys like Tanner Houck going to be rested. Perhaps maybe the hostile environment of the Bronx might actually wake us up. I mean, we have been a, a decent road team this year, I think. So I'll I'll take I'll take the Red Sox here. Hopefully Story uh play he's not going on the IL, so there's a shot he should be able to uh play at some point in this Yankees series as well. Game 2 Lost my window again. That is Nick Pavetta versus Jamison Tyon. Charlie, go ahead. I'm going to split it here. I think Tyon's going to win game two.
2: Uh, Pavetta has just really been struggling the last couple outings, uh, and he got tattooed against the Yankees, didn't even make it past the, the, you know, the fourth inning, couldn't get out of it. He just... He doesn't look comfortable right now. I, we we saw two months of a beautiful pitching from Pavetta, but uh, just to put it kindly, I, I I just don't know if I can trust him right now. Not with what we just saw from his last appearance, and literally New York was his last appearance. So I do think the Yankees will win Game Two.
0: Yeah, I'm picking against Pavetta until I see that he's fixed. Uh, he's been out of sorts lately. Um, and I just don't think they'll have the offense in this game to match New York.
1: I can't, uh, disagree with Andrew, uh, here, uh, Pavetta. He's just one of those guys that goes on these wild swings where he's a borderline ACE. And then at times looks like he's a guy who doesn't even belong in major league baseball. So, uh, hopefully, Hopefully, he proves us wrong. I was talking about the game I went to. That was a get-right game for him. Uh, But the only thing was was that was at Fenway. This one's at Yankee Stadium. Uh, I'm trying to pull up his numbers for Yankee Stadium. Here we go. Oh, this is ugly. An 850 ERA at Yankee Stadium. So... Probably his worst ballpark. Actually, Kansas City is uh, slightly worse. But, um, but yeah, not a good place for him. I feel like I would be a complete homer if I, uh, if I did pick him. So I'll take the Yankees in game two. Finally, game three of the series, and this is hilarious because it's a Sunday afternoon game. They had last Sunday's game as the ESPN game. Um, but this time around, it's Chris Sale versus Garrett Cole. So if only they could have predicted the future and uh, known what the matchups would be. But, uh, Charlie, go ahead. I
2: mean, unfor- Chris Sale's one of my two favorite Red Sox players. He's still going to be coming back from, uh, you know, this, this will be his second start. And Cole's been here all year. And the Yankees have five guys that can bang it out of the park. We feel like maybe we have one and a half. I have to go call on this one, and it hurts me to say it because I really love me some Chris Sale. But I just I don't think he has the offense behind him in relation to what the Yankees are going to be able to provide. So Yankees will take two out of three, and they'll win game three.
0: My only hope is that it's a day game and it might throw Cole off a little bit. Day before, you know, the break, I have no idea what to expect. A lot of these guys, especially the Red Sox, could be, I don't want to say checked out, but just mentally exhausted and looking forward to that day off. I mean, we've all seen it, you know, Friday before a long weekend, you know, you work, you're kind of dragging, you're not exactly fully focused, so I think if Cole's on the Red Sox, don't stand a chance. I, I I don't I don't think the Red Sox win this one.
1: I'm gonna surprise everyone. I'm gonna take the Red Sox. I'm not saying I'm beaming with confidence about this pick, but I think Sale really wants to have a, a good outing, and Devers seems to have Cole figured out he he tattooed him in that recent series. Cole did bounce back and pitch pretty well in the uh Reds uh start that he had. They lost that game because uh their closer Clay Holmes gave up four runs in the <laughs> in the final inning and you know Cole pitched pretty well, but but part of my basis for this is when the Red Sox see Cole a couple of times you know, and, you know, close proximity, they seem to hit him pretty well, uh, the second time. And a good example of that would be the wildcard game, uh, last year. We had just seen him maybe a week and a half before. And then, um, you know, strung together some hits. We don't hit him hard, but you know, they were, they were putting it in play and, So I think perhaps the Red Sox uh, could potentially steal one here. Uh, So uh, weirdly, I'm going to go two out of three for the for the Sox. So you guys are what? One out of three for the Red Sox.
2: Yeah, I think that Andrew and I actually both called uh, Yankees, Red Sox, Yankees in that
0: order, Andrew. Yep, that's what that's what I had as well
2: yeah so we sandwiched we sandwiched him and you are going Terry you're going Red Sox Yankees Red Sox correct yeah okay so you went off them okay cool I just don't Little have. Variety.
1: well I think we all had pavetta losing I don't think you had that right actually I think you had him you both had him win in the uh Valdi game so you got win loss loss
0: yeah yeah you're right
1: yeah yeah you're right my apologies yeah I'm the one with the sandwich, but, uh, yeah. All right. So this is a, an unusually quick episode. Um, not a lot to speak of besides, uh, you know, the depressing series that it ended up being. So perhaps the next show will be a little bit more lively, a little bit more captivating. Cause we're going to talk some trade deadline stuff. So, Uh, Tune in tomorrow or at any point during your weekend if you're on the road for deep dives. Take care.